Welcome to the Retail Transformation Show with me, Oliver Banks. This is your weekly podcast, delivering you the insight, ideas, and inspiration to successfully change and transform in our ever-evolving world of retail. Enjoy listening. Hey, welcome to the Retail Transformation Show. My name is Oliver Banks. I am your host and I am a retail transformation specialist and founder at OB&Co, where our goal is to support retailers in navigating the difficult market conditions and achieve successful transformation. We offer advice and guidance on creating the ideal omnichannel operating model and developing a realistic roadmap for implementing changes that increase profitability give a competitive edge and ensure that you have relevance in the eyes of your ideal customers. Here at OB&Co, we drive retail transformation. Thank you so much for tuning in today. This one is episode 220, number 220. Today, we're thinking about testing and trialing your transformation and your changes to see if they're ready for the final deployment. You know that the retail market is hyper-competitive and it's evolving too, with changing customer habits and a number of other big shifts around technology, around sustainability and many other topics. We also know that in retail, we've got some significant variability in many of the data sources, lots of noise in the system, shall we say, plus Sometimes we have some razor-thin margins. And all of these elements point to the fact that there is really little room for error when it comes to delivering your transformation or your change. So when we are looking at change projects, how are we going to know if we have the right level of confidence that they are going to work perfectly? And often we don't have complete 100% confidence that they're going to work perfectly, right? And so that is where trials come into play. This is our opportunity to see if your idea works. The show notes for today's episode are going to be over at obandco.uk slash 220. That's obandco.uk slash 220. And don't forget to sign up for the Retail Transformation Briefing whilst you're over there, which gives you key insights about the evolving world of retail in just five minutes every single week. Absolutely free and straight into your email inbox. Check it out now over at obandco.uk slash 220. So let's talk trials. But before we do dive in deep, I just wanted to share a quick thought on terminology. Trials, tests, experiments, proof of concept. There are many different terms when it comes to assessing if our transformation or our change is ready for the big time. And all of these terms are similar but different. And in my opinion, there is very little standardization within the market when you compare company to company, but also within companies and different teams use different terms. Not particularly helpful and actually very unhelpful because it means we're talking about different things. I certainly remember a conversation with a senior stakeholder where I was presenting an idea 
with a plan to test and trial the solution before deploying. And the senior stakeholder was disappointed. They were confused. And we started talking about timelines and why we did things. And then suddenly we realized that we were talking about different things. Our understanding of the term pilot and trial in particular was muddled and we had them around the wrong way. And suddenly our whole conversation was really around terminology rather than the idea, which is completely wrong, right? And there are many other examples I can think of where I've heard colleagues getting confused or misaligned on these different terms. Sometimes using two different terms to talk about the same thing. Sometimes using one term to talk about two different elements. <laughs> Crazy. And so I'm going to explain what my understanding is of these terms. You might have a different understanding. But my first action for you today is whenever you are talking about trials as a big term of all the things we'll talk about, whenever you are talking about trials, make sure that you are explaining what you mean and that there is a clear, coherent and aligned understanding with your stakeholders and with your team. According to Collins Dictionary, a trial is a formal meeting in a law court at which a judge and jury listen to evidence and decide whether a person is guilty of a crime. Specifically around a criminal case, we are looking for a decision about did this individual do this thing, yes or no? Now, interestingly, a criminal case trial is looking at the past. However, when we run a business change trial, we are looking at gathering evidence to paint a picture of what the future would be like. So it's a different perspective for sure. And in a criminal trial, the prosecution must prove the case against the defendant beyond reasonable doubt. Beyond reasonable doubt. And I'd like you to just consider those three words, beyond reasonable doubt, and have that in the back of your mind as we are going through today's conversation. And next week's conversation too is a little preview. But we'll come back to that a little later on. So let's think about the different types of trial. As I say, there's lots of different terms and terminology out there. And lots of different considerations as well. Because all of these different types of trial play a different purpose. And any given initiative or change or project may actually need to use multiple different types of trial through its project life cycle. So I thought it would be useful to take some of the major elements and just think about why we do them and approximately in what order. Like I say, the terms we use may be different. So let's think about the, the reasons for why we do each stage. So the most early form of trial, I think, is one that a lot of people miss and that is simulation. More often than not on a computer model, maybe it's a Excel spreadsheet doing a simulation, maybe it's a more advanced computer package to be able to simulate footfall traffic or whatever. But this type of computer modeling or other form of simulation is cheaper than real life. It's quicker than real life and it presents a lot less risk. Now, I think this is a great form of trial because you can get to answers really quickly. You can try things that are perhaps a little bit more outlandish, 
and you can begin to build the business's confidence in the overall idea. The next type of trial is the proof of concept, POC or POC. Now this is used to validate an idea. It's done early on, really with a view to be able to answer the question, can this idea be turned into reality? And doing this trial, like I say, relatively early on in the bigger transformation plan, helps to determine feasibility and helps to gather data and information to guide the rest of the program. You know, maybe that is data to form a business case. Maybe it's understanding customer preferences or colleague preferences. Or maybe it's about gaining stakeholder awareness and buy-in. And I suppose the ultimate goal of the proof of concept is to prove that the concept, the idea, is valid and that it is worthy of further investment of different resources, whether that's time or money or labor or effort or whatever. So that's the proof of concept trial. The next trial I would suggest is a demo. Now this is demonstrating the capability of the solution, but in a very controlled environment. It shows how something could look, how it could work. It's not necessarily functional behind the scenes. So if it's a piece of equipment, maybe it's showing the size and the shape. If it's a piece of code, maybe it shows the UI and what the output could be. And the aim here is to really gain stakeholder buy-in and feedback around how you can use the solution. The next stage of trial is the MVP or the minimum viable product. Now this is at a place where it is good enough to put in front of customers, the customer of the change, I mean. So whoever is using the solution, is it a colleague, for example, that is using the solution or is it an end consumer? And I'm sure you've heard the term MVP, but often the biggest mistake here is that it is not the minimum viable product. It's often a much more than that viable product, right? <laughs> we add on too many bells, too many whistles. So really think about with the MVP, how are you getting to the essence of the idea? How are you showing how this will work and could work? This is a technical solution, in my mind anyway. So it is the solution working, the various proverbial gears grinding together. It might not look pretty, it might not be pretty, and that's why you might want to do something like a demo, for example. But ultimately, it is there to prove conceptually that you could take the various inputs, process them, and give the right output to deliver the benefit that the transformation suggests it can deliver. So that's the MVP. Next on, we come to a test or an experiment. Now, this is, again, still relatively informal, and it's there to assess the viability of a particular aspect. So very similar to an MVP and heavily handheld as well. And the purpose really is to learn. It's to put a solution in a real life environment or certainly life-like environment and learn. Learn what happens. Learn what the response is. Maybe by the system. Maybe by colleagues or customers, right? The next stage are stress tests. And this is all about testing a particular aspect or testing a particular performance element. And you're looking for failures. And there's loads of different stress tests out there that we could talk about, maybe around endurance or lifespan tests. 
if you are looking to see how long something lasts before it fails or breaks or needs servicing. You could look at load testing, which is around assessing the limits, especially useful in retail, where we have peak trading periods. And obviously due to the commercial fragile nature of the business, it's unlikely you're going to want to run a test or a trial in a real environment in those peak times. But goodness me, you're going to want to know it works for sure. So you might want to do some stress testing or load testing. You might want to do some accelerated testing in an overly aggressive environment. So maybe that's being particularly rough with the solution. Maybe it's testing it faster than usual. Again, we do quite a lot of this testing in the retail market when we're thinking about, for example, POS payment terminals. And you might want to do some accelerated testing with robotic automation to push the various buttons, put cards into slots, out of slots, etc., and continually take payments, make sure that the machine doesn't suffer a breakdown over a, like I say, a 24-hour period. So you can simulate, let's say, five years worth of use within a relatively small amount of time. And all of these stress tests are designed to understand the limits of the solution and what happens when you exceed those limits as well. How can you detect what's going to happen? And how can you put something into place? And these are, again, held in a controlled environment. They may be done behind the scenes. They may equally be in front of a customer as well. Really depends on the exact solution that you are looking for. So moving on, the next stage is the pilot test or pilot trial. Now, this is a development of all of the other tests and trials that have been run up to now. And it's the first real fully working live environment trial, I would suggest. However, it's likely to be in just one location or just one very small subset of the live environment, but without all of the surrounding aspects as well. So elements, for example, like communications or training. But instead, you've got a support group from the transformation team, the project team, that is carefully handholding, carefully monitoring and helping to solve problems. And the aim here, again, is to be able to refine the solution and learn about the different challenges that are experienced. So, for example, if you were deploying a new system into the back of store, you might want to learn about what questions colleagues have about using it. What use cases do people think of this as a solution? And all of these, for example, could then be folded into training manuals, etc. when you go out to a bigger group of stores. The next trial is the trial with a capital T, let's say. Now, this is a scaled up version of the solution, scaled up from the pilot, getting ready for the full rollout. Now, going into this trial, the assumption should be that the solution works and that really you're looking to prove that there are no issues. But you may also want to get feedback on all parts of the solution. For example, communications, training, so that when you do deploy to a much bigger segment of the organization, you know those particular avenues and resources are firing on full performance. And the aim of the trial here is to really say, is this solution ready to deploy to the whole business or the whole scope? 
There are, however, a couple of additional subsets which you may come across when it comes to trials. The Alpha Trial, which is in a real setting, but with a closed and friendly atmosphere. So, for example, in a retail setting, maybe that's trialing a solution in the store in head office where it is closed to the general public and your colleagues can test it out and give feedback. And in the alpha trial, you are really looking for that feedback. You're looking for the issues with non-experts, so people that are not familiar with the solution like you are, but you are looking at getting general feedback from a friendly audience that is willing to share that constructively. And then the beta trial, which is, again, a limited real setting with real customers this time. So the alpha trial is in a closed environment. The beta or beta trial is in a much more wild environment. So those are the different types of trial. And you can suddenly see, actually, it's quite expansive, right? And let's be honest, there are many, many more types and names, especially in the world of software and IT, you know, whether it's around unit testing, system testing, regression testing, chaos testing, acceptance testing, the list goes on and on, right? So I'm not going to go through every single type because all of those really are closely aligned to some of the types we have discussed already. But that number one action was make sure that you are being clear, whatever terms you use, you are being clear with what you're trying to achieve and why and where it sits within the wider picture of the transformation. That way, your stakeholders will be clearer about what term you are using, right? But as we're going through all of those different types, it's interesting that there's lots of different reasons why you would do one type over another or multiple types through any given project, right? So let's just think, why do we do trials in the bigger sense of a word? Why do we test ideas out? And I think there are five main reasons which I wanted to explore. The five reasons are number one, to check a new idea will work. Number two, to improve the idea. Number three, to get feedback. Number four, to win stakeholder support. And number five, to find and fix bugs and issues. So let's explore each of these. So first up, to check a new idea will work. This is a common challenge for all stages of trials, right? And you need to face into that. And the first thing you need to consider is what do you mean by will the idea work? What are you looking for? What is success here? Are there particular elements that you're looking for? Are you looking to stress a particular aspect? Are you looking for a particular aspect to fail equally as well? Is your measure of success here around a particular improvement in a metric or a KPI or performance rating? So if you are testing if the idea works, you really need to get into the detail. What does that mean very specifically? What does that mean to you? What does that mean to your stakeholders, to the customers of the change as well? So that's our first type and first consideration. Next up, we were talking about improving the idea. And this might be around understanding what's working or what's not. Maybe you're looking to gather feedback, either qualitative feedback from customers and colleagues around, for example, the issues and the challenges. Get their critique, get their ideas. 
But whilst you're thinking about this, consider how you can take in your active feedback, so what people say, versus the passive feedback, what they do. And of course, the two might not align if you are looking for commentary from real people. Maybe you're looking for more quantitative feedback in terms of the data. You know, what patterns of data are you seeing? What trends? What are the peaks? What are the troughs? What are the root causes of different data patterns as well? Maybe to help improve the idea, you are looking at creating a center of excellence, perhaps, for example, for your pilot or during your trial phase. Maybe you're looking for a specific output to feed into the training or the design or the UI or whatever it is about your particular solution. Consider if you are taking an agile approach. By that, I mean where you are looking to continually approve as the trial proceeds. Or are you looking to capture the feedback and the commentary and the data, complete the test or the pilot or whatever stage you are at, go away and work on the idea and improve the idea so you can come back at a later stage. If your goal is to improve the idea, then you must consider what is it you are looking to improve? How are you going to get that feedback, be it qualitative or quantitative? And how are you going to act on that feedback, right? How are you going to use it to deliver that improvement and make sure that you are setting those expectations, right? I can certainly think of a great test or MVP that I ran looking at an IT system for the night shift of grocery replenishment. And what we would do is we would take the feedback from the night team. The IT team would then work on that during the day and have a solution to challenges that were raised the previous night ready for tonight. And that was great to be able to A, share that expectation up front that we would be able to continually refine. But it also showed great trust from the team that their feedback was being listened to and it was being acted on. And they could see the continual improvement as the test progressed and continued. So have your plan to improve the idea if that is your goal. The next purpose of a trial that I quite regularly hear actually is to get feedback. And we spoke about this just a minute ago, but if the aim of your trial is to get feedback, my immediate question to you is to do what? You know, what is the point of getting your feedback? Is there a specific question that you are looking for feedback on? Who are you looking to get the feedback from? How are you going to elicit this feedback in a fair way, right? That is not telling someone the answer and getting them to tell you, right? Equally, you want to make sure that you are getting really fair feedback in as much as there's no point asking your mum for feedback on your idea to see if she thinks it's a great idea. And oh, surprise, surprise, it's the best idea, right? (laughs) You know what I'm talking about, I'm sure. And once you get the feedback, what is the impact? Is it that you are looking to continue the trial or the test or not? Are you looking to stop it? Are you looking for as we were talking about just a minute ago, ideas to improve it. And finally, think that feedback can be data too, as we were just talking about a few minutes ago. It's not just commentary from people, whether that's customers or colleagues, suppliers, whoever, but you could be collecting performance data as feedback, right? How can you get a clean and clear picture of that data, of that feedback? making sure that you are understanding the noises that exist, making sure that you can cut that out and so on. 
So if your aim is to get feedback, then my number one piece of advice is to go back in and refine much more detail what you really mean and what you are looking for and for what reason. The next aim for running a trial is to win stakeholder support. And there are many stages that we could look at this as a realistic and fair aim. Maybe you're looking for stakeholder support to get further investment into developing the solution. Maybe you are looking for stakeholder support for sign-off, to continue a major trial, to deploy it, whatever. And the great idea here of running a trial and getting stakeholder support is that you bring the solution to life. Maybe it's a complex idea. Maybe your stakeholders are slightly sceptical. And so really consider how can you show your solution in the most colourful way possible to win that stakeholder support. Now, I don't mean embellish the results or embellish the impact it is having, but do try and make it visual. If you are sitting in a boardroom with a paper of just text in front of you, that's not so colourful. Include pictures, bring it to life, like I say. Maybe you want to include feedback from customers in a Vox Pop style, little miniature videos. Maybe you want to do a run-through. I've done that before. Certainly, you know, yeah, sped up time-lapse video so you can see the different movement in store, for example. And also think about who are the stakeholders that you are looking to get support from. They may be internal stakeholders, which is largely what we've spoken about up to now. But equally, it might be to get external stakeholder support as well. Perhaps it's from banks or finance institutions to show that the idea is credible and it's ready for some external investment. Maybe it's from insurance companies who want to check the level of risk that exists. Maybe it's from different regulatory compliance, perhaps around food safety or health and safety. Perhaps it's engaging with unions or different groups representing employees, again, to show the impact, positive or negative and what that really means. But whoever your external stakeholders are, consider what is it they need to see? What is it they need to understand? What are the objections they're likely to raise? How can you have a useful, fair debate about those? And also, how long do you need to get prepped before having this discussion with the external stakeholders? And what sort of level of trial length are they going to expect? You know, is it that they're going to want a three-month trial or a 10-month trial, whatever? How can you balance that request as well without being too risk-adverse, but making sure that you've got enough data? There's no point going into those conversations with a, an external stakeholder, for example, and they turn around and say, come back in a few months because then you'll have really found out what's happening. And then the final reason that we raised and to explore was the aim of the trial is to find and fix bugs and issues. Similar to improving the idea really here, but really think about, well, how are you going to find these different bugs, these different issues? How are you going to record them? And in particular, the scenarios where they have appeared. Are you going to need more detailed diagnostics, for example? Does it require increased video surveillance to be able to observe particular failure modes? How are you going to fix them? How are you going to deploy that fix as well? Is it going to be in real time? Are you going to come back in a few weeks with an alternative upgraded solution? 
Also, if this is your aim, think about how you can monitor the find and fix rates. How are you going to know when, for example, you have exhausted all of the bugs in your system or your solution? Often you'll find a lot quite early on, but some of the more difficult bugs can be quite elusive for a while. But over time, you will wean them out. So those are the five real big goals of running all these different tests and trials. And then you need to be thinking about understanding the results. And really, given your goal, you're definitely going to want to know how you will interpret the results of the trial. How are you going to answer the question, has the trial succeeded? Has it shown you what you wanted to see? And I think there's ultimately three answers to whether the trial has shown you what you wanted to see. Either it has proven your point, it has proven that the solution is good, or it has proven that the solution is not good, or uh, it's inconclusive and you just don't really know the answer. Those are the three outcomes, really. And so if those are the three outcomes, particularly has it passed or failed, think about what's the metric that you're using? What are the goalposts? How are you going to collect the data, be it qualitative or quantitative, to be able to show whether you've got it in the goalposts or not? You know, what is your hypothesis? What is your target? What is your acceptance rate? What is a pass? What is a fail? What is acceptable? What is not acceptable? Think about all these things to help you understand the results and consider them before you start the trial, right? Because it may be that actually the data doesn't exist or the data is too dirty or any other number of reasons. Make sure that your stakeholders are aware that's what you're trying to do and that's how you are going to prove if this is a success or a failure. But really importantly, let's just talk about success here for a minute. Because a trial that shows that a given change or solution should not happen it proves it's not a good idea, that actually is a successful trial, right? It is a successful trial because the trial has prevented the business from making a poor decision based on initial evidence that suggested otherwise. This is good news. It might not feel like that, particularly if you have worked hard on the solution. It definitely won't feel like that, actually. But it is a success. You know, you have got a clear answer. And we should celebrate that, right? Despite, like I say, the obvious disappointment that sits right alongside it. An unsuccessful trial, equally, is one where you are unclear of the answer. You are not sure whether you should, for example, proceed to deployment or take it back to the drawing board. And in particular, it's especially unsuccessful if you don't really know why it's not successful. <laughs> you didn't have any metrics. You didn't have any targets or goals to aim for. And the results were, like I say, inconclusive. So I do encourage you, do celebrate success if your trial is clear on the answer. If your trial says proceed or do not proceed, that's great news. It's great news and it protects the business, right? And that's the whole reason, really, for doing a trial. But also, just before we do wrap up this episode, think about what's next. What's next if the trial proves that you should proceed? How are you going to, for example, expand or take it to the next stage of development? I'm sure you probably have a good idea of what happens 
in that case. Equally, decide what is next. If the trial says do not proceed, if the trial says this is not a good idea, how are you going to retract the trial? How are you going to equally take feedback and adjust the solution so that you can loop back and start again? And finally, consider also if the trial is inconclusive, what's next then? How are you going to collect more data? How are you going to clean the data? How are you going to test in different scenarios? And think about all of these three different what nexts before you start the trial again. Be really clear on what happens afterwards and explain that to people as well. So what's next if the trial passes? What's next if the trial fails? And what's next if the trial is inconclusive? Now, we've discussed loads about trials already. It's a complex and big topic, and we're going to be continuing on in the next episode. But if you'd like some additional listening before we get to episode 221, then here are three other episodes from the archives of the Retail Transformation Show that I think you are going to enjoy. Firstly, we've been thinking about criminal court trials today. And I've got a final thought for you to share on that as well in a minute, by the way. But also you might like to check out episode 121, number 121, where I was exploring lessons from a criminal forensic investigation as part of our data series. I always like looking at other industries and pulling in lessons for our retail industry as well. In episode 207, I asked the question, is retail transformation failing at present? We've seen some high-profile trials come to arguably an inconclusive or a fail scenario, right? And in episode 207, I'm asking if retail transformation is failing as a result. And then the final episode I wanted to highlight for you today was episode 195, The Anatomy of a Decision. And a trial, as we spoke about earlier, is a decision. What is it that you are looking to decide to do next? And so do go and listen to episode 195 to explore more about decisions and decision making. And also check out episode 196 as well, where we continue that topic. I'll put all of those episode links on the show notes today at obandco.uk slash 220 and sign up for the Retail Transformation Briefing whilst you're over there as well, of course. But I did want to share one final thought for you. Let's think back to that criminal court case, that criminal trial. And in particular, where I said earlier on that the prosecution must prove the case against the defendant beyond reasonable doubt. Do you remember that? And you're going to want to, in a criminal court case, present evidence and witnesses that provide that certainty for the judge or the jury to come to that conclusion, right? So my question for you today to think about is which side should be proving beyond reasonable doubt when it comes to a retail trial or a business change? Should you assume that the trial works unless you can prove otherwise? Or should you look to prove that the trial definitely works beyond reasonable doubt? Which side is guilty? Which side is innocent? And are you innocent till proven guilty? Think about which side needs to prove their conclusive answer. I'll leave that one for you to mull over today. 
Do come back for the next episode where we'll be continuing on thinking about key considerations as you set up your trial and different trial methodologies as well. That's going to be in episode 221. But thanks so much for tuning in and I'll catch you on another episode of the Retail Transformation Show very, very soon. Bye for now. Thank you.